For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of AM Minnesota. It's our monthly visit with Faribault's Fire Chief, Dusty Deanst. He stopped by our studios today. Of course, uh, let's see here. Whoops. He's over there. <laughs> the uh, Fire Prevention Week was last week, right? Correct. No. And you had your open house this previous Saturday. What was the turnout like? It was pretty good. It was it was I did not ask Josh, our our firefighter that kind of orders everything and hands things out to see what we had left over. Then we get an idea how many came through. It was pretty steady for the majority of it. We didn't get a mad rush. I guess my gut feeling is that we're maybe a a tad bit down because it was cool that day. Uh, But I don't think down too much because it was there was people doing stuff and, and running around their the whole time. You know, there's a lot going on that day. I mean, you had the stores opening downtown. You had the Bloody Mary Festival. Yeah, it was a a fun weekend and plenty of things to do, like you had pointed out multiple times. If you're if you're bored that weekend, you just you chose to be bored. <laughs> That's right, because there were lots of things going on in Faribault. Yeah, a, a lot of times there is. You just have to look for them, and and that doesn't mean that it always fits into you, what you like to do. Uh, but that open house that we have, and I think all fire department open houses are, are geared to kids. Uh, but there's also things there for the adults because that's where the fire safety aspect of it reigns in. They're the ones that are in charge, the, the parents or the uh, adults and the family. So we have a little bit for everybody. But keeping the kids occupied, we burned a lot of energy out of kids that day. So that maybe then allowed someone to go down to the Buddy Mary bar afterwards. Yep, they love running the hoses, don't they? Running the hose. What's really uh, interesting to me is we we started it a year or two ago where we we put the fake smoke in our trailer and we put a firefighter in there and you get to see what a, a image of a heat signature from a thermal imager looks like. And that's really popular. Like people wanted to do that multiple times. They thought that was really cool. Something really simple to us. And setting up, it goes over pretty well. So there's a lot of excitement, a lot of running around there, a lot of smiles, which is, that's a great day. It is a pretty cool tool. Speaking of tools, does the fire department have a drone? The fire department does not have a drone. I would think that would be really good to have in investigating fires. Now we have, so the police department has one, and they're just down the road, and they have trained people to use them so we did look at doing that but this is one of the a good thing that we don't really have to have our own we have the city has one law enforcement has trained people and the sheriff's office has one also and one phone call and we could have that coming so it'd be it's handy for rescues i would assume yeah we they're used for searches um of course, they're not an instantaneous thing. They take a little bit, although they're getting pretty good at uh, deploying them, depending on what they're doing at the time that we ask for it. 
but I think we could get one pretty quickly uh, in and early on. And likely if we were in need of that, law enforcement's involved in that scene also. They pretty much are in everything we do. So we don't have to have, as a city, multiple, you know, duplication of services. So we have those guys trained, they have it down there, and we can use it anytime we want. For example, I would think it could be handy and, you know, it can be your eyes in an attic or something. You'd really have to know how to fly them, which I think those guys do. I don't know that much. I know in the fire service, the majority of the use of them are exterior Um they're pretty expensive and not knowing the conditions, although they probably have ones that show temperature, they could we could fly them into harm's way where they would just up and fail. But on exterior, so large large buildings that are on fire, they can get a bird's eye view to see what's going on on the other side of the building as opposed to what we do right now is do what we call a 360, which is... 360 degrees walk around that structure well you you take a you take the mall that's going to take a while that's not really all that applicable on a big building so they're putting up drones for incident command to be able to watch the building and what's going on on all sides it's safety also to see what's going on um i'm sure they, they obviously use them in the wild land fire uh, era to or not era in aspect to see what's going on on the other side of the hill or through the trees that you can't see so that they are used um we just don't have to have a lot of them because they don't get used all the time i was in northfield last week visited with tim nelson did i say tim yeah i meant tom tom nelson who's their first ever full-time fire chief yep how long have we had a full-time fire chief in Faribault? I think we've always, except for in the 1800s, we likely have always had a full-time fire chief. Because before, prior to my working on the fire department, I got on in 94. So in 88 is when they went, in the mid-80s is when they went from a full-time department to the paid-on-call version right. that we have now. Right. So that would, as a full-time department, you would have had a full-time chief all the way up till then, and then they had a full-time chief during that transition and still do. So I think we've always had a full-time chief. Yeah, well, I'm trying to think. We've had, uh, I think, four chiefs since I've been here. I came in 87. I may have missed one in there. Yeah. Um, Maybe five. That's something that's on my on my to-do list is we don't have a good record and display of the chiefs of our department. I go to a lot of different fire departments, and they'll have pictures of them all up there. Yeah, we have firefighters, which are important, but we also they also have an, an area for the chief. And I have an idea, and I have uh, something in my brain. Uh, the hard part is I don't know that we have pictures of all those guys back then, so do you start the names and go to pictures, or do you just do all names and then the era that they um, well, I'm served. sure the, the so. newspaper would have a record of all your chiefs and pictures. Yeah, I'd like to go back, though, to the to the 1800s. Like, I found out that my, I don't know if he'd be my great-great-grandpa or Everhart Cowell was the first ever assistant chief. And that was back when they were all volunteer and they were the, there was two different, or two or four different fire departments, engine companies in town back before they all became a city department so even back to then were those guys that did fire chief duty i'd like to recognize them that's where it's going to get 
tough. You know, back now we take pictures of everything. Back at a, a given time, they didn't take a lot of pictures. So. Well, and this city has grown by 10,000 people since I got here, and the fire department's been the same size. Correct. And we work on that through the budget process. There, I, I, I have a good feeling about next year's budget process. I don't want to put anything out there and, and commit anything to it, but we have been looking at growing and expanding in many different ways. So I, I'm hopeful in the near future that something that we will grow. But because yeah, we're we're due. We went from my when I started full time in 2000. Our average runs a day were three. And now we average eight a day. And a majority of those are medical. Well, majority medical as as the baby boomers age, and we have a lot more medical runs. And this is the fire service across the country. It's all the same. Uh, we do a lot more medicals, so that's a lot more calls. Lot, not the number of people that we need, uh, like we need when there's a fire, but other aspects of going on a lot of calls that, are tough on people because when they're calling 911 a lot of times those are tough situations that person is in so there's a there's a there's a reason to have a lot of people because we have a big incident in front of us and there's a reason to have more people because we can give some of these guys a break from having to go on these calls you know time after time after time in the same day give them a little bit of a mental break right that makes perfect sense. We're gonna speaking of making perfect sense. Well, I don't know if it makes perfect sense, but it makes sense. And we're gonna take a look at the markets here, courtesy of Lance at L and K Concrete LLC, Custom Concrete Flatwork Handyman Services. They prep it and pour it. Book your spring project now and receive fifteen percent off the total cost. I'm gonna have to give him a call. More information. Go to L, I think it's supposed to say hyphen. It does not say that here. L hyphen K concrete LLC dot com. That's L hyphen K concrete LLC dot com. And Craig Keller at the Keller Insurance Agency in Nearstrand. Craig helps protect all things that are near and dear to you. Corn is lower. Soybeans, cattle, and hogs are mixed. I'm John Perkins with a Brownfield Market Update. Frilly Genetics paired with simple, flexible, and effective weed control plants Stein Enlist E3 soybeans. Learn more at steinseed.com. Soybeans are mixed on bull spreading. Nearby contracts are up. The third months are down. Planting weather in South America is mixed. Too dry in parts of Argentina and northern Brazil. Too wet in southern Brazil. Uh, bean oil really is the star of the complex this morning on strong demand and higher world vegetable oil prices heading into the session. November beans are up two and a quarter at 1282 and a half. January is up one and three quarters at 1301 and three quarters. December bean meals a dollar fifty lower at 388.50. December soybean oils up 97 points at 5535. Corn's down monitoring U.S. harvest activity and those planning conditions in Argentina and Brazil. Ethanol margins remain solid and Mexico bought another 200,000 tons of U.S. corn this morning. December's three, uh, two and three quarters lower at 490 and a half. March is down three and a half at 505. And wheat's mixed. While parts of the southern plains still need rain ahead of dormancy, many areas made good winter wheat harvest progress over the, uh, rather planting progress over the past few days. There's talk but no confirmation of China buying more wheat due to the high domestic prices. December Chicago's up one and a half at 581 and a quarter. 
Ahead of this afternoon's weekly crop numbers, December cotton's down 100 at uh, 85.05. November rice is 19 and a half lower at 15.76. Live cattle are up and feeders are mostly higher watching the distribution of this week's show list. December live 65 higher at 187.40 and February's up 52 at 191.45. November feeders are steady at 251.57. And hogs are mostly lower on spread trade in Friday's lower move in pork with December steady at 69.50 and February lean down 7 at 74.27. Crude oil is lower this morning. John Perkins, Brownfield Market Update. AM Minnesota on the Mighty 920 KDHL. Again, your opening market report is a service of your KDHL agri-boosters, including TNW Towing, your heavy-duty towing and recovery experts, Northland Buildings, quality post-frame construction. Head to northlandbuildings.com. 321 Fence in Faribault, specializing in top quality fences for residential and commercial properties. Go to 321FenceINC.com. 321FenceINC.com. Faribault's fire chief. Uh, let's see here. I was just trying to remember what number you might be. I think you're like the 10th or 11th fire chief in our history. Does that sound right? I wish I knew. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, probably. I, I, I know Ike Hildebrandt stayed quite a while. So a little he bit of... He was the first guy. When I got here, it was Ike. Ike was here. Yep. So I think before that, I've we've talked about and I've come across that there was some fire chiefs that had... Stayed a long, long time. And there was Byron Reed. Yep, Byron Reed, Mike Mongi. Mike Mongi. Joe Berg was be- before me. Um, those are the ones I'm the most familiar with. Be- I'm not sure who was before Ike. Uh, so Ike was on a long time, you're saying? I think Ike was chief for a long time. May yeah. have been the longest serving? I don't know. Mike Moggy was 20 years. Yep, that's true. So yeah, that's, a, that's a long time for someone to be chief of anything. Um, <laughs> true. So I don't know. That's the kind of stuff that I should know, and that's why I like to get something on a wall that we see more often so we can we can look at that, be amazed by that, wonder why it was the way it was, why people stayed a long time, why they didn't. You know, just a conversation piece. But also being in this role now for a while, it, it – it's very rewarding. It can be very challenging. So to do it a long time, uh, give Mike and Ike those guys that did it that many years a lot of credit because there's a lot of there's a lot of stress with it. There's a, a lot of things that go on, and to do that for a long time is a is this makes me wonder um, if maybe they had it better, maybe they had it worse. Don't don't know. Doesn't matter. But uh, well, it wasn't long after I got here. I recall that the city made the change to go from a you know full time to a part time on call yep. part full time yep mid eighties yep the combination fire department we are and I think it was nine and we had nine full time firefighters that's what yep that's and that's what we've been at since you know eighty seven eighty eight somewhere in there yeah I think the initial change was from I think they had twelve that's and, it you're right twelve then, yep and then through attrition, they worked down to the nine, and that would have been, again, right around 1990, and that's where we are still. Yep, and that's why you say it's it's about time maybe to 
look at going back to 12 or something like that. I don't know if you have a number necessarily. Yeah, there's there it's a it's a big picture thing where as the city grows and we expand northward, you know, we're we're talking about a, another station or a new bigger or bigger station we're outgrowing the the station when it comes to the size of our apparatus bay or our garage area. They the, Trucks are so much bigger than they used to be, so we're getting squeezed in there. And very expensive. I know the chief from Northfield was talking about that last week. Very expensive, crazy expensive. So there is, in our in our near future, there is a need to, to change something up. Uh, if you could see where some of our guys have to get dressed into their turnout gear right now, they couldn't do it without turning and hitting their elbow on a truck. So we have safety issues that way. We just have space issues. Uh so it's a big. The big picture is: Do you want to build a station and not have it staffed? You know, and so a station is going to be expensive. Employees are expensive. So it's it's a it's a long term thing that we're looking at. And it, and when I first started as chief, it was something I started looking at, and it was long term. Well, now it's been a while. I've been chief just over ten years now. So we're we're creeping up on that need for growth and change as our city grows and changes plus you touched on the mental health aspect as well i don't think we were really thinking about mental health even five years ago right? no the no mental health is huge the and the the volume of calls that the, the three that are on a shift go on right now the overnight calls the lack of sleep like when i was on shift and started when we had three runs a day you one of them Likely was at night, but no guarantee. Now when you have eight of them, there's multiple times that they have them at night. Uh, so there's there's nights where there's not much rest had. Now our schedule allows for that a little bit because they don't work two days in a row. Uh, so that's kind of built into that. But that still gets to be a lot for someone to go on all those runs and, and then just say that, that on average the eighth run of the day ends up being a structure fire. They have, they've had a busy time in front of that. So... There's a lot of aspects that go into staffing of stations, and it's all different across the state and across the country. There's a lot of different ways of doing it, and we just have to find out what best suits Fairbill. There was an I-35 accident again yesterday near that construction area. Yeah, I think actually two of them. Four vehicles were involved in the, the one I saw on the state patrol line. Yeah, we went to one last night. Now it was the one in the evening. This was a four something. Yeah, that might that might be the, the one. The four vehicle. So maybe there was just one. There was no no serious injuries. No injury, serious injuries. We actually I think got canceled, but then we got called back out there to help with. I'm just bringing it up on my call here, and I can tell you what we were called for. Um, but people need to pay attention. Yeah, you know, we have, even when we don't have um, construction out here, I know this summer was a, hopefully an anomaly, knock on wood, we don't have that again next year uh, <laughs> with all the construction. But we go out on the freeway a, a lot more than I think a lot of people know just because you don't see us when we're out there and, you're, and we're rural or away from everything. So we go out there. I mean, it, to have a crash every now and then out there is nothing nothing new the construction made it worse of course because there's the, the change up and i've always said that about Fairbowl is some people travel that 35 for hours and hours and it's 
pretty straight, pretty flat, pretty blah driving and can kind of get humdrum into what's going on. Well, you can pick Faribault out on any weather map when you watch the news because it goes, 35 goes around Faribault. So we now have four turns. Granted, they're not sharp turns, but they're four turns within a, a mile or two range. That gets people a lot in the winter. We get a lot of people sliding off the road because the speed limit says 70, right? So we can go 75 no matter what the conditions are, the road conditions, whether I'm going straight or whether I have to turn. I'm allowed to go that fast, so I'm going to go that fast. That's how I think people think. And then they're just kind of cruising along, listening to KDHL and not really paying as much attention to the road as they should. Aren't they fixing that right now? That ramp closure, isn't that part of it, to try and reshape that? So, Well, I don't know how much reshaping they're doing. I think they're just resurfacing most of the stuff around oh, here. I don't know that they're... I thought re- the, the reason why they were doing all this around Faribault was to try and improve the... Because uh, it's been slippery, well, since I can remember. Yeah, I... I Faribault. I can't verify that. From what I look... The little bit I've been looking at them, it looks to me like they're using the same roadbed for the most part. They're just re-white-topping, they call it, or putting new down, new concrete down. Oh, okay. Well, sounds awesome. When When is Winter Awareness Week? We have a, you know, a spring awareness. Yeah, I don't know that there is one. Be- I thought there was. I don't, I don't think so. I think from here on out, we've always talked about, we do talk about driving, but we talk about holiday cooking and, and a bunch of that stuff coming up. But I don't know that we have a winter weather in particular show we could and last year when you and i visited just before the clocks were supposed to fall back a congress in march or the senate in march had passed a get rid of the turning clocks thing and the house of representatives still has not voted on it they didn't even vote on it for gosh sakes well whether they do it or not, we're, the fire service is still likely going to... That's when we still are going to mention to you to change the batteries in your smoke alarms right. the, the twice a year. If that goes away, that will take a benchmark away. We'll just come up with another one. Or for a few years, old people like us, Gordy, can say, remember when we used to change the clocks? That's when you're supposed to change your batteries. So, Well, yeah. You know, you could pick a holiday like Halloween. Yeah. Yep. Halloween would be a perfect time right. because trick-or-treaters... Yeah. Now, there there is a time, and it's going to take years, but there will be a time that changing batteries and smoke alarms doesn't happen because uh, they have a smoke alarm now that's a 10-year sealed unit that the sensor and the battery and everything's good for 10 years, and you never touch it. You put it up, and in 10 years, it'll start beeping at you saying, I'm done. <laughs> Throw me away and get me a new one or get a new one for this spot. So that is... Has been going on for a few years, and that's going to replace these other ones. I think that's a great thing, uh, but it's going to take a while to get rid of all the millions of battery-operated smoke alarms with replaceable batteries that are out there now. So just people know, we fall back November 5th. Okay. So get your batteries now. Get ready. First weekend in November, we fall back November 5th. And that's with all the, the Combo as well as smoke detectors, right? Yes, correct. Combo detectors, fall back or clocks. I know you're a big fan of candles. Nope. There's only one good candle in the world, and that's one that has a battery, and it's an LED that makes it glow. 
It can flicker. It can do all these different things. That's the best candle as far as I'm concerned. Anything else you wanted to get a pad in front of you? You must have something you want to touch on. Yeah, I did want to touch on. This is timely for uh, talking about alarms, but now we don't want to ignore our CO detectors. So we talk about smoke alarm, but our CO alarms are also very important right now. This This is the time of the year when we're starting to seal up our house. Furnaces are kicking in, so we're using gas-fired appliances more. I mean, some of us cook on them all summer long, but windows are open or AC changing out air. But our furnace, our boilers are now running to keep us warm, and that's where carbon monoxide comes from. So when we talk about smoke alarms and changing the batteries, CO alarms are very, very important. CO, carbon monoxide, is colorless, odorless, tasteless. So when it's in the air, you don't know it. You need an alarm. You need a detector to tell you that there's CO in there because CO can kill you. Are they required? They are required in new homes now, but there's nobody going around to old homes to make them go in. And I want to say that they even might even be required in old homes, but who's checking on that? So right, right. We need, you need to have them. There's thousands of tragic stories out there. There's one on the state fire marshal's website that i listened to this morning when i was talking thinking about talking about this about a a mother and her three and her family with three young boys and and two of the boys didn't survive the situation but what was new to me on that was that they didn't have an alarm and they knew something was up but because the co had messed with mom and dad's process to make good decisions they didn't make a good decision, and two of the young boys perished because of that. And that was now 20 years ago. But it's in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. And that's why that is so important. That alarm will tell you that there's something wrong way before your or my mind gets affected by CO and we make poor decisions like, I just need to lay down because I'm tired and go to sleep. You know, and that's, that's what it does to you, and that's how it gets you. So you need to have that alarm. It's a very moving seven or eight minute video on the state fire marshal's website to listen to. This mom's mission since then is to not have anybody else go through what she went through by just because she, and she even thought about buying the alarm and she didn't. And what 20, 25 bucks can save your whole family. Yeah. So, well, I changed the battery in mine here this last week because I needed it. Yep, and know that they don't. None of these last forever. Now I know the ten-year ones I talked about will last ten years. The ones that we all have right now are good from about seven to ten years. So there is a date on them. Sometimes you have to take them off the wall and maybe either have somebody with glasses or a younger eyes look at them because the print print is very small. But there's a date on there. And if they're in that over seven-year range, it's not worth messing with, not worth trying to get a couple more years out of it because it used to be 10 years. They backed it off to seven for reasons that they were finding that some of them didn't make it to 10. So there's a range there, and it's a life-saving device, and you don't want to use the 10-year. You want to use the seven-year. Yeah. Well, I don't remember exactly what it cost by the combo detectors. A couple of them were... I don't know, 150 bucks maybe. Yeah, I want to say combos in general are right around 50 bucks, but your most of your COs, the most that we see out in the world are just COs, so they're more in the 20 to 30 dollar range. 
And that seemed like a lot, but spread that out over at least seven years, that's not much a year for that life-saving protection. For sure. You know, you hear about it all the time. It seems like every winter we get them in the fish houses, right? Yep. The yep. poisonings. They, they, those heating devices don't get the attention that our house, plus they're a smaller area, so they, they, they fill up quicker. You should have one on each floor and put them in an area that wakes you up because it doesn't do any good down in the furnace room. Like that's where the, I put my very first one 20 some years ago. Well, that's where CO is going to start because that's gas burning. Yep. But when you sleep a floor or two above that furnace, that alarm can go off for all night and you'll never know it. It needs to be where it will wake you up in your bedroom, outside your bedroom, in the hallway. Know that when you have a forced air furnace, and CO is not heavier or lighter than air, that forced air furnace will mix that into the air and it'll be relatively the same level throughout the house. So it's not even all that important where it goes, whether it's high or low, but the most important is that it'll be where it will wake you up. Only got a minute left of the show, Dusty. It's getting colder. Farmers are on the road. You don't have your windows down. You don't see what's going on. And back to driving, be very patient. Be very attentive to what's going on. The guy across the road from my place that has a combine, I've never seen a combine so big, and the head on that thing is like, I think, 50 feet wide. The, the equipment is huge, and they sometimes don't fit on the road very well, and they will they will swerve over to miss a mailbox because they don't want to take that mailbox off. So you got to have some patience with those. They don't want to block the traffic, but that's the equipment they have, and the road is is that size. So there's no way around it. they got to go down the road. So just take your time, pick a good place to pass, and don't take any chances. Yeah. Eh. It's not going to be that much shorter of trip if you uh, wait a little bit. We cleaned up the ditch along 46 this weekend for the I fire saw department. You out there, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Some of the some of the driving habits and the passing that I saw because you feel it go by you. Oh, my goodness. Like, 